What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. All right. So today we're talking about earnest money deposits and how do you do this the right way in New York? Because this is one of the roadblocks. There's a few major roadblocks. I would say this is definitely one of them. And it's it's how do you start investing in New York? Or if you're an experienced guy, how do you get your, I would call it deposit overhead down? Because if you don't know how to negotiate this, you're going to end up spending 50 grand a month in deposits. Uh, Michael, I know that you know, this has been uh, something you've been working on for a while. I think I've started to convince you to get your deposits down a little bit. I remember when we first met, I was like, dude, how do you stay in business with that? Like you're putting 40 grand down, like that doesn't work, you know? And By I the think way, I look, I look now, I got, I have so much, I got so much money out of deposits. Crazy. Yeah, I got I a lot. Do. I got a lot too. I got a lot too, but it's, it's, it's getting better, but I just put a 5k deposit down today. Actually, I sent it to Mr. Ravella. So let's, let's just, I'll have you start off like, why is New York have such high deposits? Like, why is this just in New York? Because a lot of people like can't believe it. Like I, in Delaware, by the way, I don't even put deposits down. I'll just leave it there. Right. No. So a lot of states, you don't need to put any real earnest money down for the contract to be effective. Um, in some states, it could be a de minimis amount. Like it could be $10 or $50. Even a dollar. In some of those states, you have to, the seller actually has to deposit the money or it's not, contract's not enforced. And in some states, just receiving the check is enough. But in New York, because the contracts are generated by a seller's attorney, and again, the, the, the transaction in New York takes place between a seller's attorney and a buyer's attorney, not between a buyer and a seller. The seller's attorney does not want to bother, you. does not want to spend his time generating a contract unless he feels the buyer is somewhat obligated and there's some pain involved in the buyer walking away. Right? So yeah. people... In other states are used to having a contract that really the buyer can walk away from because there's an inspection contingency, which basically says the buyer can walk away in you know for two weeks, three weeks, a month. Meaningless. But in New York, all inspections get done before the contract and any repairs that are needed are put into the contract. So the contract is pretty much, unless there's some kind of provision in there that's not typical, the contract is pretty much binding to the buyer. And one of the way reasons, and now, now again, if a buyer walks away from a contract, his loss is his deposit. So most sellers, attorneys who prepare contracts want something significant, right? And standard, if you just if it's a standard retail purchase and sale, it's going to be ten percent of the purchase price, and you can always negotiate it. But most sellers, attorneys are not going to let you put a hundred dollars down as a EMD as an earnest money deposit. They want you to have some pain, considering they've put in their time to generate the contract, which could take at least like four or five minutes. I know, right? Those those attorneys are so busy. Some of the drinking their espresso martinis at lunch. They're so busy, you know. So right. <laughs> I, I found this. So in our area, in the if you're in the Hudson Valley or Long Island, this is where it's really a main thing. I don't know if you're listening to this in Buffalo or Rochester. If you're up there, it's a 
completely different. Like people hit me up all the time. I got a deal in New York. You want to buy it? And I'm like, where is it? And they're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Goes like, it's this not, that's like another country. So if it's you're in the, in the Finger Lakes region, the Finger Lakes, yeah, which is a nice area, but it's nice if you're area. in the suburbs of the New York City area, this is where you're going to see the standard deposit request of 10%. So the average pickup price in my area is 275. 27,500 is what the standard deposit's going to be. So this is how you can combat that. So the first thing I'll say when it comes to negotiating this is that you need to be realistic, right? You can't expect the seller to take $100 down. That's just not, it It just screams red flag to them and their attorney, right? If someone's like 500 bucks we've gotten away with, like we just got away with that on a house actually in Woodbury, uh Woodbury by me not by you and uh yeah because there's a Woodbury over there and you know the house is so in such bad condition it's just it's complete like decimate condition so like the seller like agreed to that but you gotta bring it up before the attorney gets involved so I'll give you what I normally say and this this is all deal dependent sometimes I'll put a decent deposit down sometimes I won't depending on what's going on so normally let's say you know the pickup price is 300 grand and Normally you'd put 30 down and I want to put five, right? Which is, I think, pretty reasonable. Uh, what I'll tell the seller is I'll say, listen, Mr. Seller, so the next steps here is that your attorney and my attorney are going to communicate about getting a contract out so I can sign it and send it back to you, right? The thing your attorney is going to probably bring up is that in this offer, it states my deposit is $5,000, not the typical $30,000. The reason it is $5,000 is because I buy five to seven homes a month. And if I put down 10% on every single house, I would be out of business. So we're buying the house as is, we're closing on it in 35, 40 days. And because of all that, we do put down a $5,000 deposit. Now, my question for you, Mr. Seller, is are you okay with that? Does that work for you? And usually when they say yes to that, because nine out of 10 times they will, then you say, okay. So when your attorney says, oh, I don't know why this guy's trying to put down $5,000, you can address your attorney. You can tell him exactly why I'm doing that. And you understand where I'm coming from, right? So you're conditioning that seller to uh, accept the lower deposit, right? Because if you just like try to send out a contract and then after the fact, he's like, oh, these guys want five grand down and you never spoke to that seller, he's going to kind of think it's a scam or something. And he'll probably right. go. You want to plant a seed and that seller may never remember they probably, never won't. they probably won't if they're dealing you with won't tell us you won't tell his attorney by the way when you send out the contract put in five thousand dollar deposit and there will be a ten percent but then when your attorney comes back to him and says hey the parties agreed to five thousand dollars and the sales attorney asks his client hey this guy only wanted to put five thousand dollars down then he'll remember and he'll go yeah yeah it's fine i said it's okay 100 100 percent. yeah so you got to condition the seller to uh to accept that type of deposit and that's it's another thing i wanted to mention here is like you got to be realistic, right? If you're a wholesaler and you're not trying to close on this property, you got to understand that your risk is that deposit and you need to make that deposit amount enough to get the seller to not see you're full of shit, but also not too much to where like, you know, if the deal doesn't close for some reason, you're going to go, you know, your all your money's gone or something like that. So like in my market, like if I'm really good, I can get away with like one to $3,000, if it's going to be more, if, like if that's if it's a wholesale deal, right? If it's a deal that I'm going to buy no matter what, I'll, if I got to put down 10%, I will. I don't care because I'm buying it either way. So it's, it's, it's just going to contribute to the purchase price. Um, but normally, you know, like today I put down five grand on a $140,000 buy price. Like that's not bad. 
Uh, Michael, what about you? I mean, you're you're in the island. It's a little bit different than mine. Sure. So I've gotten away. I've gotten away with like three thousand. That's the smallest I've gotten away with on a small deal. Never done a thousand dollar deposit. Never done less than three. Never. And it was and it was a mental thing, right? Accepted. You please call me before, and I'll save you two thousand dollars. It's easy. (laughs) Should. Um, you're right. But and for a while, I was putting on ten percent, and and you tell me I was out of my mind, and I was. But then I started realizing that a lot of people will take five. Sometimes they ask for 10. And if I have to get five or 10. 10 is fair. Also, 10 is fine. Yeah. Right. And also I can wire that out. I can wire that out of my own account from my desktop. So it's easy. Yeah. Um, so, but I have, and if you want to talk about this case now, I have given as much as $100,000 as, as a down payment. So what on earth? Let's let's get into that. That's a great topic here. What? So 100 grand, I mean, where were you? You had to be buying in the Hamptons or something like that. There's no way. Yes, it was it was a property in East Hampton I was buying for about a million dollars. I was positive that this was a $2 million ARV. And if you know East Hampton, there are many houses worth much more oh, than $2 million. Big money out there. Yeah, it was just out there. It's just the problem was that this house was not a $2 million ARV. I remember Zillow value was $2.2 million. This is one of my biggest proofs against how accurate Zillow is, is that Zillow had this so far off. So I went into contract at a hundred at a million. I thought I had two guys to wholesale to it around 1.2. I thought it was an over. I think the first time we met, I was talking to you about it. Remember? You told me in San, San Diego, Diego, you're like, oh, I got this house in the Hamptons. It's freaking sick. You know? And I'm like, I oh, thought it was going to be a six figure wholesale deal for sure. Um, and then what happened was I soon realized that no one's going to buy this for over a million dollars. Because it was in a small part of the Hamptons that just wasn't really worth it. And the house needed, it was a huge house, but need a lot of work. And so I thought I would close on it and do the work to it. And I'd, I'd get the value out that way. But then it was right next to like a scenic preserve and it had a scenic easement around a huge portion of the property where I could not build a pool, right where I wanted to build a pool, couldn't build a pool. And I spoke to my attorney, I'm a litigation attorney, I know, and he looked at the contract. He goes, I think you might have a way out of here. And I go, what is it? He goes, well, the, the, con- the contract says it's as is, um, um, as is, as pertains to uh, a bunch of things, including um, utility easements. He goes, so the contract says utility easements, but you have a scenic easement. You actually have legal grounds to get your money back. I'm like, this is amazing. So we litigated. It took almost two years. But we won. We got the whole hundred. You went to court and everything. Like it was a whole lawsuit. I didn't. I didn't appear, and it was during COVID, so everything took forever, and no one had to appear during COVID. But my attorney made a bunch of arguments against the other attorney. Now, and, and during that time, while this was going on, I wanted to know what the hell was going on with the house. I also, I, I wanted people to go in and make lowball offers. I wanted to convince this guy. I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but then people were going to be careful. You might be committing tortious interference. And then I found he listed it, and they sold it for like $850,000, which is probably what it was worth. Um, Wait a minute. This sounds really interesting. Oh, it was always like, because Jeremiah bought a property for 800 grand in East Hampton. I was there like literally two weeks ago. No, it was wasn't that ago. house. It wasn't the house. Because no. he paid 800 for it and he knocked it down. No, not the same house. The so same uh, house. definitely not. So this one, um, so he sold it. And I yeah. thought maybe that makes my position better. It didn't make any difference, but his position was this was an as-is contract, and I and I and I had people speak to him, and they, the seller, and they told me he's a hundred percent sure he's going to keep the hundred thousand dollar deposit. 
Now, he, they say, he said something like, I'll take 850 for it because I'm going to get another $100,000 because for my deposit. But my attorney's like, I, they're asking for summary judgment. I think we might have a case here. And he argued it. And we won, some, we won summary judgment. They requested summary judgment for them. The, the judge granted summary uh, judgment for us. So we got the whole $100,000 back. That's crazy. How much did it cost you in legal fees to litigate that? What was the not net? Much. Not much. Maybe seven, eight grand. Well, so you basically got all your money back. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty good. I got lucky. I thought I thought we were gonna lose it all. I really did. I thought we were I thought we had as my attorney said you got as much chance to win as to as to lose. So well, I mean the obvious lesson is put a lower deposit down next time. But like besides the obvious, like what are some other lessons you pulled away from? Okay, this? so I learned a, a few a couple of value yeah, lessons. Yeah, Number yeah. one is I don't want to buy where it's so far away that I don't even want to go visit. It is East far. Camp is very that, far. From you, that's super far. That's gotta be two and a half hours to get out there. With no traffic, it could be under two, but it, with any traffic, it could Dude, be. That's far. Two. You got to take that whole hot, yeah. So that's number one. Number two is I would be careful about luxury properties and valuing them, right? You got to be very careful, especially, by the way, it's ironic because today, the real areas where the luxury market is getting pinched is, are, are, the, are, the, are the, those top, top of the market areas. Like but I also can. learned, don't put, don't put a lot of money down on a deal like that, which is ironic because I have a contract here. For another house in a million dollar area that I was about to send in a deposit for. And today I looked at it and I'm like, I don't, I should have learned that lesson from this East Hampton property. I don't want to buy it. I'm going to call it tomorrow and say, I can't do it. How much, how much deposit do they want down? They want 10, but it's still, it's, I looked at it and I thought this is a, it's a million dollar area, beautiful area. And, um, I thought I can get 900 for this. No problem. I was, I got an ovatable contract, but at 820. And now I'm looking at the properties nearby are selling for 800. So I, I'm not, you got to bail. You got to retrade or bail. Yeah. You got yeah. It. Interesting. Yep. All right. So yep. basically the luxury market, and I've, I've seen that too. Like if, 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 cause that's not, everybody needs a mansion in East Hampton, but everyone needs a three, two ranch and wherever, any town USA, no. right. Nanuet, right. Or what, what's by you? What's that area by you? That's really uh, popular. Plainview. Maybe it was even a higher end, but like, I don't know, Hicksville, Levittown. That's like basic, right? Whatever, for, you know, $500,000. Yeah. So that's an interesting story. Here's, here's another, here's a story, I guess. I'll give you an earnest money deposit story where this actually is not in New York, but it's me being stupid. This was in California, but you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's exactly the similar, but it's some, some things about California and New York are similar. So I put down a $25,000 deposit on a wholesale deal. Uh, and it was like a weird property because the seller needed to take So the laws in California are different with the New York, obviously. And they, in order to sell a property in California, you can't do an airship affidavit. You have to go through probate and it's a pain in the ass. So the seller was basically like signing a contract with me contingent upon her successfully going through probate. So the contract basically was invalid for the most part. It was like, she signed it as like, as soon to be executrix. Like it was like kind of bullshit. So she wanted me to put $15,000 down. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll do that. Not a big deal. Uh, but I knew that the contract I signed with her was like bullshit. So I was like, I wasn't going to like call escrow. I was just like, let me just like submit this and like wait for her to like actually like get appointed. And then I'll put the deposit down because then we'll have a valid contract. So I kicked the can down the road, didn't put the deposit down. And then she ended up getting sued by her brother and her brother went crazy and uh, wanted another $10,000 down on top of the 15. 
And the market at this point was like crashing. So like I was sitting in contract and like I knew this and I agreed to give her a rent back for 60 days for free. So I did a bunch of stupid agreements in this contract because I at the time it was a like the market was the peak. I was like, oh, my God, I can't lose here. Soma place in El Cajon. Like who wouldn't want to live here? House had like pool problems. Anyway, the the basically the closer, the closing company was like, yo, you got to send this deposit in. So then I sent 25 grand into the, to the, the title company, basically as for company. And now I was like, Oh fuck. Like I have something to lose here now, you know? And I read the contract and it was like, fucking no, you cannot get your deposit back under any circumstances. And I was like, Oh shit. So then I tried to wholesale it. And nobody wanted it because the market crashed and my terms were horrible because they looked at my contract. They're like, dude, a rent back with you out of your mind. So I found one guy who like almost wanted it, but he really didn't want it. He was going to just take my place over in the contract. And he just, at the end of the day, he was like, nah, dude, I don't think this is really, it's not a good deal. So then I was like, I have to cancel. I can't close on this house. It's like the, the value drops so much. So I ended up hiring an attorney that that guy, Justin, who's a friend of mine recommended. And I had him review the contract. And just like you, he found a uh, loophole in the contract. It was like, because uh, she wasn't the owner of the property when she signed it. So it predated it and she, he sent her this nasty letter and she shit her pants and gave me the money back and <laughs> cost me a thousand dollars. So I lost right. the grant. But the point is this, here's a takeaway for everyone. If you get into a sticky situation like Michael and I, I mean, Michael's was definitely worse than mine. If you have an attorney, not your closing attorney, like an actual specialist attorney, a, lit a, litigator. a litigator, they will be able to help you more than your closing attorney will because- a lot yeah. of these like closing attorneys and escrow companies, like they just, they don't really want conflict. They want to just, they don't like they to avoid, they avoid conflict like the plague. They are not there to fight for you. They're there to do the best for you. And if everything goes fine, then they're great. Right. But as soon as, it, as soon as you start needing a, 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 pit, no. a pit bull, you can't, you can't be using it. So that here's another goofy thing about California that I realized uh, so if you need to, like, when you put your money into like the escrow account with a third party in order for the seller to like, give it back the, and this is in Florida too, this is the same thing. The seller has to like sign something that like, it's called like an escrow release form or something. So like, if the seller like hates you or something like they, they, you could basically have your money sit in escrow forever if the seller never signs it. So like the attorney had to get the lady to like sign everything. And it was this whole thing, but you know, be careful when you put your, go ahead. No. So on that, on that issue. So what a lot of people don't know is that they just assume that if I'm a buyer and for some reason I can't perform, I can't close that the seller's just going to keep your deposit, but it doesn't work. How that does way. that work? Actually? I've never okay. had that. I've given my deposit. I had this happen last year. I put three 3,500 down, I think, or three grand in Newburgh. And I said, dude, eat my deposit. I don't give a fuck. I right. didn't close. Like I, my, my bad. I had a $20,000 deposit with a buyer who was supposed to close, scheduled to close, and couldn't close. Apparently, she had a really bad attorney because the attorney goes, yeah, just keep the deposit. We're releasing it. He didn't have to say that, right? He could have just How does that he work? said, hey, let's split it. I probably would have said, okay, because I can't get that money until the other side agrees to give it to me. So that's another thing. Like if you, if you ever are in a situation where you put a deposit down and everything hits the fan, don't don't just release your deposit. It's a very complicated legal process to get that out of escrow. That is, 
Yeah. The 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 sales attorney can't just take that money and write a check to his client. Oh. He's got to have a release from from you, even though you blew it. Right now, there is a process where he can force you to close and you don't close. But even then, he's got to inform you about taking the money, and he still can't. Like, there's always room for negotiation. So if you ever put a deposit down and and you screw up, you if you use a decent attorney, your decent attorney can go, hey, we can litigate this for ten years. Or your client can split it with mine, and then and we'll be done with it. And and I, I would say nine times out of ten they'll take it. So in New York, I've never I didn't know this. So basically, the attorney just doesn't it doesn't say like because in the contract usually it says like if buyer defaults, sole remedy is the earnest money deposit, whatever that boilerplate language is. Right, but it's still it, it, the money is an escrow. It's not it's not just it doesn't automatically it doesn't automatically legally transfer to the for the seller's account. There's a process, and the, and it's a complicated process, and you can sue for it. And you can litigate it for 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 ten thousand years if you want to. You could spend fifty times the amount of the deposit on legal fees if you want to. And if the seller realizes that you're going to sue him, uh, if you're going to, I forgot what it's called. If you're going to like sue him to not to not use the funds. It can take forever, right? And most guys will just say, "I'll take half and be done with it." Just get out of there. Going through it with with one decent nasty letter that usually can be done. Interesting. Yeah, that's I, I didn't know that. I thought it was more of like because I I should have I should have pushed back because this guy I bought. A, here's a quick quick story. So I I turned around, bought this, got a contract on this property. It seemed like it was a good deal on paper, kind of like the one you just told me about. And then I actually went. I had the private money all lined up, ready to go. And something about the seller, he was a little like he just didn't seem like he operated on the like the above. He didn't seem very above. He seemed like he was just a, a charlatan to be honest with you. He just seemed very like. Something about him, I just like it kind of like alarmed me. So I actually went to the property. It was on 51 Chestnut in Newburgh. He ended up selling it to his neighbor. Fucking idiot. But anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> so I showed up here and like the whole house had like unpermitted worked on it. And I'm like, oh, no wonder. Like, thank God I went to this thing. The whole right. basement was like terrible. And I'm like, and the septic was shot and like everything. I'm like, you know what? I told the lender, I said, off deals off. No, no, like none. How much of a deposit did you have in it? 3,500, I think. And I just said, I just said, uh, just, and his attorney was Giselle, actually. <laughs> I was like, hey, Giselle, just right. keep money. Now you did the right, but 3,500, it's not worth it. I mean, you, you would yeah. have lost much more and it wouldn't have been worth it. It's not, it's not worth getting into it. Yeah. But I'm saying if it's significant. If it's in the eight, eight, eight what is it? Eight, is it eight figures? What? Five figures. Five figures. Eight figures. <laughs> It's eight figures is ten million dollars. <laughs> so unless you're buying and selling the Taj Mahal, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just saying, if it's, if it's significant, sometimes they'll split it with you. If it's small, you know, if I had a two thousand dollar deposit on something like that, I think I might just go forget it. So how about this? I got a question for you, Michael, because you're like the done more deals, especially in New York. What happens when this? event occurs so you have uh let's say the properties in like surely where it's cheap right somewhere cheap within reason obviously you're dealing with people who don't have a lot of money compared to other people so they're going to get a fha three percent down loan right how the fuck are they going to put ten percent down when they're only putting three percent down at the loan how how does that work yeah they don't so very often they don't If you, if and it's one, it's one, it's one more reason not to avoid FHA buyers. Yeah, 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 very yeah, often, yeah 100%. They yeah. only have three, they only have three and a half percent, which is what FHA requires. You know, usually it's like, to, you know, a few grand. Um, occasionally they have money and they just don't want to borrow and they just want to borrow more, but 
very often on an FHA kind of uh, situation, you'll see in the binder or the offer sheet that they're only putting like $5,000, $10,000 down or something like that, or $300,000 house. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm seeing, I'm thinking about that now. I've had that happen. I actually had a property in New Windsor one time, and the guy had like put $1,000 down, and I was like, this deal's never going to close ever. And it closed. And it did, it yeah. did right? So when yeah, it, it can. can. It can. But when a, when a conventional buyer, when a conventional buyer goes in and they're putting up a twenty percent down, they're basically putting half their money down in the deposit, right? Not every, you know. Listen, some I, I just had a couple of things go to contract to sell, and the um, the buyer put like twenty thousand dollars down on like a four hundred fifty thousand dollars sale. It's it's I understand. It's like he didn't have the money. He's like the rest of the money is coming as a gift. Sometimes they don't have it. If it's significant, I'm okay with it. I don't always ask for 10% down when I when I sell. I just went to contract today. I think they put 20, yeah, it was $20,000 down on a $560,000 sale. But she's like, the rest of the money is coming as a gift from my mother or something like that. I don't know. I, yeah, I, care. I don't really care when I'm the seller, to be honest with you. I just want it to be significant so that I know they're not going to jerk me around and walk away. I, I, I'm the same way, dude. I, I, I don't really care. I'm just like, you know what? Like, if they're putting down, like, I just actually, we have a wholesale deal we're selling. Just found a buyer there the other day. For one fifty three six, I think one fifty three six oh five two oh two Concord Lane, Middletown, New York one oh nine four oh. I actually, when I was first born, I lived in that townhouse or condo complex. Isn't that fucking crazy? Now I'm wholesaling houses there. Twenty seven years later, um, but ten percent, so it's fifteen six oh five or whatever. So I try to get the buyers when I'm wholesaling to put ten percent down. But if they're like, hey, I can't, I can put down eight grand. I'm like, whatever, like. I usually have a thousand down. So what do I care? You know, hundred percent. You got, it's got to make sense and you got to know what's going on. It's every, every situation is different. That's true. Absolutely. And sometimes you only have one, if you only have one buyer, you're pretty much going to do whatever the hell they, they're going to put down. Right. Right. That's true. It's I a question do. of comparing it to other buyers who want, maybe want to put down more. You have to decide what, which one makes sense. So we'll end the show with this quick story. So today we had a wholesale deal close and the buyer was being a complete idiot. And this happened like two weeks ago, like the lender was a bullshitter or anything. So I remember I was on the phone with a guy. Uh, what was this? This is when I was overseas. I said, listen, dude, if you don't close, that $10,000 check you wrote is going in my pocket. So just know this. If you don't find a way to get this done, that 10 grand is going into my pocket. And just know that. And he got pissed and he ended up closing today because he knew he had something to lose. So. Right. You got, it's got to be enough to where it stings. That's the main takeaway. So hope people got value today to summarize the show. Number one, you need to set the seller's expectations. You, number two, you need to be realistic, right? If you're in the tri-state area, don't put a hundred dollars down. It's not going to work ever. Right. You're looking at. And don't put a hundred thousand dollars down. It's probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I would never do that. Well, depending, depending on what the deal is, but usually you're, you're looking the Hudson Valley. You're anywhere from, one to 10 grand. And in Long Island, you're looking from 2,500 to 25,000. That's kind of, and then in Westchester, it's the same as Long Island. You're, you're, I've gotten away in, I've actually gotten away in uh, like a really bougie area, Westchester. I got, I got away with like a thousand bucks, which was interesting. Good for you. Yeah. And then the other one we just did in Westchester, was like, it was a lot. The deposit was like 35 or 40 grand right? Non-refundable. So I was like, you know, hope this works out. So anyway, 
If you get value from the show, subscribe, share it with people. Michael, I hope you've got a great evening. It's getting a little late over there in New York. And uh, we'll talk with everyone in the next episode. See ya.